0: okay all right so we have zach here zach um i don't know if you are familiar dedication guests get to dedicate it so what would you like to dedicate the episode to before we begin
1: um i would like to dedicate the episode to all the nurses and doctors that are helping combat this terrible terrible virus and they're spending countless hours helping people like recover from this or even just help find ways to prevent spreading this terrible disease it's uh it's just it's very rewarding to see yeah. people i agree stand to do that so. and the
0: amount of you know they, sometimes they don't have to can't do a regular shift they have to stay 12 hours and go sleep six and go back another 12 you know they
1: are heroes they
0: yeah, definitely are especially and the front line so yes i love that that's Zach, that, wonderful Okay, we're back with Zach Liverseed. Yep. I got it right.
1: You did. Okay. Liverseed, correct.
0: <laughs> liverseed? Is that no. how it is? is it that? Is that? what you said? That's said that Liverseed. Oh, Liverseed. Liverseed. Yeah. So it's it's deceiving because it's you say it just like It is
1: literally Liverseed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <It's>, it <laughs> I it was called Seeds in high school because it was like it was really easy to remember.
0: Really? My my last name is Plotichuk, so I got called Chuck all the time. Chuck. It's better than seed. Better than seed, right? Yeah. So somebody else seeds, you, you automatic, your automatically your reflexes to turn around. Yes. <laughs> well, where does it come from? What, is, what kind of how is that last name is not very common?
1: It's from a, apparently it's based out of a lake in England. Okay, that's what I was told.
0: Well, England they do love liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like
1: Liverpool, liver, style. liver, Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> Have you ever been to England?
1: No, I had the chance to. I went abroad, um, but. I didn't take the train to England. We stayed in uh, the Netherlands, yeah, Italy, and then France.
0: That's a good constellation already. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, they
1: were awesome. But like I said, we also had the option to go to Scotland, and we just we were over there for a month. But yeah. uh, we kind of wanted to just stay and explore the local area.
0: Well, I, I want to bring that up too because you're very much an explorer yeah. on the side of making movies. You love doing urban exploring, which yes. is kind of that uh, of. Um, we use abandoned places. Um not and not just man made structures. You also do nature like yep. caravans and stuff like that and caves. And you've me, you so me send me some pictures of fascinating stuff that you've you've discovered.
1: Oh yeah. It's uh it's a dangerous hobby, but it's also it's a it's a wonderfully interesting uh because you meet so many interesting people down there and the stuff that you see, uh the dilapidated leftovers of what used to be fascinates me. It always has. It has this weird air mystery to it yeah that i just find super intriguing and it's i don't know there's just a serene quietness to it in the yard and the graffiti that people make it's so fascinating to to look at and just to see also if you can find like little artifacts of what the place used to be or like the people that inhabited it at one point what they can, leave behind. And then they leave
0: behind. And then it's just like, well, you almost want to fill in the blanks. What happened? It's almost like a mystery as you're exploring also.
1: It is. It's yeah. uh, it, it's something else. Um,
0: well, when did, when did you get started doing that?
1: Or always? I've been doing that since I was probably 15 years old. Okay. All right. But not to the extent that I am now. I know most places in Minnesota and then some places out of state. Yeah. I've been to quite a few of them, so... I think the only place I really haven't gone to completely is Duluth. There's some places up there that I've yet to uncover.
0: So you don't really do it alone. You kind of have to do it alone in groups. Well,
1: or- sometimes I do it alone. Sometimes I do it in big groups. Sometimes I do it in small groups. It oh, just do? depends on uh, just who's available and then also how dangerous the place is. Like if it's a large place that isn't very dangerous, I can take people that might think it's cool. Yeah. And then if it's very dangerous, I take myself and then other people I consider like experts on the subject, and we bring masks and ropes and gear, just protective equipment.
0: So it's, it's, not, it's not, I want to just want to make sure, it's not like an impromptu thing, something you find on your phone, let's go, you kind of you have to do a little bit of planning before you go on it. And a
1: little bit of research and just look into the history of the place too. It definitely helps if you can even find the history of the place. Because um, sometimes the history is just right there and it's, you're like uncovering it as you're exploring Right, yeah. And that's, it's like a museum in and of itself that's preserved by uh, teenagers in graffiti. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so is that, that your initial totally interest in or,
0: um, you know, it sounds like you started that around 15, 14. Um, I've always loved
1: exploring yeah. and traveling, like walking through the woods, climbing mountains, stuff like that. It's, it's always been a hobby. But urban exploring was. Uh, yeah. It was, um, I think, it was based off of a history of just liking old things. Like I remember, like my grandfather's. I'm a collector, just of various items, and my grandfather and my father are, are collectors as well. Oh, Under- I know all about collect- collecting. Yeah, I know you do. Um, <laughs> you might, I don't know. It's <laughs> if
0: you look in the studio, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's it's. Just, I think it probably stems from a fascination of that and just finding old stuff in these places that sometimes are worth lots of money if you find the right stuff. Right, yeah. Um,
0: I don't want to say I have a close relative that has um, a family that used to have farms, and they would just travel and just for fun go to abandoned farms and farmhouses and find just the most unique things that you never do, you know. Yeah, occur- old
1: tractors. Um, right, yeah. A lot of stuff, a lot of old trucks, actually. there was a. I have pictures of it online, but there's a... I think it was like a, oh, wasn't like a nineteen fifty eight Ford. It was super old. I know it was a Ford. I can't remember the exact year, but it was like if people just put like if they renovated, they could sell that for probably upwards of like ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. Like I was looking at listing prices online. It's really interesting what you can find in these places, and they just leave them there. It's <laughs> right, like, <yes>. huh. <laughs>
0: So is it? It's it's more than I think you're establishing. It's more than just a hobby. It's something. It's a really full time activity that you like to do.
1: Yeah, it's a it's it's not a, really
0: a hobby more or less. It's a more of an activity.
1: Yeah, it's an activity. I mean, just like going to the gym or like you know working out. It's just it's something that you do on the side. Some people like, you know, uh Drawing doodling comics. in their journal. Yeah. Some people like, right? Yeah. You know, I just like going to very terrible, terrifying places and exploring them.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't think if anybody, if it, you know, we have listeners worldwide, if they're not familiar with the St. Paul area, there are many different caves that you can explore here. Yes. Mining caves and natural developed caves here from the cliffs of the Mississippi River. And um, you had an opportunity to go to a few of them.
1: There's probably, uh, including Labyrinth, there's probably at least... Forty or fifty miles worth of caves and tunnels underneath Saint Paul and Minneapolis. Yeah,
0: some of them are kind of sealed off, and some of them are kind of. But there's people some break ones. back in all the time. But the funny thing is, there's some of them that you already, you could walk by an entrance and you wouldn't even know it. Like just walking, yeah, it at a could park. be
1: a hole in the side of a wall. You wouldn't think two things of it. Then you crawl ten feet back, and there's a labyrinth. And when I mean labyrinth, I'm not talking like a like the size of a basement. I'm like tunnels that stretch on for hundreds of thousands of feet going in every direction and sometimes you have to crawl through them sometimes you sometimes they're big enough you can walk through there's the one that we were in recently it's the code name uh, the tunnel of terror you can find videos of it online it's partially flooded but it it, the, there was an underground theme park, like a horror-based uh, theme park that they had set up there for a while, and so then it started it... on fire, and so they closed it off completely, but it's still there. And so when you went, I went in the first time and I saw hanging bodies, I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, this right. Is, um... this is not what I expected. But uh... then they were fake, and I looked into it further, and it was like, oh, turns out that this was a theme park beforehand. Yeah. A little haunted house area, which is a perfect place to hold it in some dank, scary cave. Yeah, it's dangerous now though. There's white mold everywhere, and it's very disgusting. But now you got to be careful, Partially hurt, right. collapsed, but yeah, if you know what you're doing, you should be fine.
0: And that's what I emphasize: is you really want to well, be careful before you go into caves in St. Paul, because some of them do have gas traps where
1: yeah, carbon monoxide, uh, uh,
0: and people have been if they're they're just not fully aware they think they just have a fun time be very very careful exploring
1: anything, yeah right? absolutely just anything underground in general tight spaces uh gas pockets Yeah, like i said get a four-way gas detector and uh preferably an oxygen tank with a mask i mean typically you'll be fine but you never because there have been teenagers that have died in these caves
0: yes i want to emphasize that yeah
1: yeah there have been six people so far probably trapped um, in the gas that it is gas. It was carbon monoxide poisoning, and the other one was hydrogen sulfide, which oh, is a awesome. gas that builds up based on decomposition of organic material. So, like anything that's dead down there, and then also like you have to worry about possibly like asbestos lining. So tiling, uh, and this goes for abandoned buildings as well. Piping it was used for insulation. It still, is one of the best insulators, but it's also incredibly dangerous. And then lead-based paint, if they used anything. Um, Dust particles, glass particles, uh, rust, uh, just unstable platforms. So be extremely
0: careful when you're doing this. Yeah, 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 don't
1: be stupid. Um, I mean, that's kind of common sense, but you'd be surprised how many people, like, dangle off of, like, 100-foot buildings that have no stable supports whatsoever. I mean, I've seen it, and it's like one, one bad gust of wind, one slip, and that's it. Right,
0: yeah. From that, it looks like um, you're kind of molding, because you're also a filmmaker. Yes. And um, you did your first directed picture?
1: Uh, Outside of college, yeah. The first directed
0: picture. And you went to college college for film?
1: Uh, Yes, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why why would you say that? I think it would be great.
1: Um, It depends. I think going to college is universally generally a very good thing to go to, but... Yeah. Depending on what like if you're going into filmmaking and you already have like if you want to I think it's better for you to establish a community or get involved with the community because filmmaking isn't necessarily that hard to learn. You can there's tutorial videos online. There's people everywhere that are willing to teach almost if you're willing to put in the work the free work to help out on set. Yeah. Um, I'd say film school the best part about film school is making connections and gathering resources to kind of help you further your connections. Because connections are the biggest part of the film community.
0: Yeah, I would emphasize that because a lot of people have asked me, why don't you make a movie? And I go, it's not an individual project. You have to find the right group of people that you want to work and with. And
1: the money. Yeah. And uh, always support the people, right. too, in the project. Because they're the people. Like the crew and the cast are the ones that make the project. You're just the one facilitating the vision. And then even then, it's like they're helping you bring that to life, and it's a huge collaborative process. It's a beautiful thing. It's like a, it's like a mural right. painted by many people.
0: It's a fascinating, and I've been on film sets, and I've been doing PA work, but it, I love it because it's all you, you get minimum maybe ten people, and they're all working doing the same thing, and they all wanted to make it a good thing. Yeah, and it's fascinating work. Rather than being critical, or when you have a good film set, it's wonderful.
1: Especially A safe wave. film set too. A good safe yeah. film set, especially in times like these. Um I wanna emphasize that because they've seen sets now where they're not propering or they're not preparing excuse me, they're not practicing proper safety yeah. protocol in regards to COVID. And yeah. that is not something that you want to risk at no, all. No, I've been
0: on I've been on your first film set and you were very adamant about <laughs> <laughs> the protocol yeah, yeah. <laughs> v- very annoyingly so but yes yes well I would always say thank you because sometimes you kind of forget you know you forget, oh that's right because you get r- wrapped up in making stuff or you have some other things and stuff so S-
1: the film is just a film safety of the crew is the number one concern that anybody should have yeah
0: well outside of making movies in college uh you made what is you directed your first short film if I'm right
1: uh, yeah in the process of creating it yes Okay, producing and, and directing. He kind
0: of wrote the, um, this is a fascinating thing. It's you didn't really write a script for this. Kind of like an outline almost? Yeah, no. I
1: so the first thing we did is a storyboard actually. Okay. We storyboarded the entire thing. And um just because it was a very visual film, there isn't much dialogue involved at all. So it I kind of felt like drawing it out would be a way easier way to communicate to people what I wanted as opposed to just having them read a script and i ended up doing that eventually just to save time right but yeah it really helped in capturing a lot of what i was going for people really understood very fast specifically the the amazing makeup artists that i have um three of them ben alita and emmanuel who are all wonderful wonderful makeup artists and then just the the gaffers and the grips and the director of photography like they're all it's a visual medium so yep. having a visual reference kind of is an amazing resource to help them build this image
0: like with the storyboarding visually Correct. see what we're going to do here the steps and why yeah. that's important Precisely. rather than have like a wordy so we're not going to have like a dinner table conversation scene, no
1: no <laughs> or because otherwise we'd be having many dinner table conversations <laughs> Many meetings, and it wouldn't get conveyed. So I just thought, let's, 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 let's kill it all at one moment and just sit down and do a storyboard. And that took me like five, six days, and it was 60 pages. Okay, so, that was my
0: next question. Like, You did the storyboarding yourself before. No,
1: I had a little bit of help okay. from another individual, um, Haley, and I can send reference to her. She's an amazing artist. But Wonderful. yeah, we sat down together and we punched that thing out.
0: Uh, can you able to talk about a little bit about the what the plot is or what the story is about?
1: Um, I'm going to be kind of vague. vague about it because it's a very vague film in general. But essentially, the premise of the film is um, an agoraphobe trying to escape his reality through his dreams. All right. Yeah. And it's a very surreal piece. I guess the closest thing I could compare it to is David Lynch. And or if, you've, if anybody's seen. um, uh, Why am I forgetting the name of the film? Regardless, David Lynch is the biggest one. I'd say Silent Hill is also a very large inspiration just in terms of aesthetic. Oh, it's
0: very surrealistic. Surrealistic. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Or
1: magical. Well, no, more surrealistic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, especially if we we're, we're in audio format, you can't explain visually, but but it's very, you know, we always talk about it, especially when you talk about film theory, how movies are kind of... I will to, say this. Yeah, go ahead.
1: It's unlike anything I've seen in Minnesota, and I've been in the film industry for two years, helping out on various projects. Yeah. Um, I don't, I nobody's really kind of tackled something like this, at least even in the Local Midwest area. I've been to a lot of the film festivals. I've watched a lot of the films, all wonderfully made. But no one's ever really attempted dark surrealism. Understandably so. It's a very uh, difficult uh, yeah, type of film is. to get made. But it's also I don't know. It's spiritual. Rewar- it's spiritually rewarding. I guess for me personally, just because it's 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 such a fascinating topic and it's like an experiment almost.
0: Well, I think the whole how we're talking about it is hard. To pitch it to people, especially when you, you when you talk about it, and you have no template to visually explain what you're trying to say, and I think that's why people are hesitant to do something very realistic surreal, surrealism because it's and hard. That's to, why you show
1: them the images and yeah. have them sit down, and like kind of talk about what it's kind of talk about the feeling more so than the actual like the plot of the story, which is also is very important. Don't get me wrong. It's just for this piece. It's it's not necessarily as uh, imperative to know.
0: And if it's something that nobody's ever seen, how do you explain it when you try with something you've never really seen before?
1: Yeah, try to try to. Ex, well, you know, what does a color that you've never seen before look like? It's <laughs> try, to, try to explain
0: a color that you. You can yeah. only get
1: to a certain approximation of how close you can get to that, so.
0: So that, you wanted that, you, for your first project, you really wanted that challenge of a really surrealistic kind of a Oh, yeah, visual. it's also just
1: been an idea that's been building in my head, and I have no other people that have been interested in wanting to try it too, so it's just, you know, I thought might as well just attempt it. Um, it's And it's working out pretty well so far. I mean, we finished part one of two parts, and okay. it, the footage looks incredible. We have had some minor hiccups along the way, but what film doesn't? Right, um, well... well.
0: Yes, I've everything, nothing ever goes smooth. I've had uh, set up my podcast three times today. <laughs>
1: so you know the feeling, yes. yes.
0: Something, you know, especially with sound, something will always go wrong.
1: Oh, and something yeah. always appears out of nowhere, like a train or a car, like just a...
0: Yeah, well, I was on a film set where we had to do it outside. And it just so happens that the plane probably realized we're making a movie. So I had to circle constantly. Const- <laughs> hey, a small plane. Oh, look, at them, they're making a movie. Let's go back. Oh, let's, let's go back. Yeah. Let's be as loud
1: well, as we possibly we, can.
0: Let's get lower as possible to find out. Right. Yeah. So if you're in a film that you can divert planes,
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's all poverty. There are people who can shut down entire highways. Yeah. That's a good gift to have. Or shut off city blocks. <laughs> like I wish I had $10,000 to convince the city to do that, redirect traffic. I actually was for one of the films I was on, I was redirecting traffic. That's a scary job because you don't they don't they're not actually, they're not actually they're not actually legally obliged to stop if you haven't secured the road right. with the city. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or whatever if it's a private road, the same thing applies. So I can't tell them that they can't go through, but I have to stop them and alert them to the fact that there's filming. I've had several people try to run me over. Like, it's... What? Wow. Oh, they just get up super upset. They're like, this young person is blocking me from taking this route when they can easily go around the block. But, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, people don't like uh, having their norms disturbed. Uh, We've we'll seen that the, the
0: entire year, right? People don't like their comfort. They want to be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't understand that, to be completely honest. Comfortable. Like, if you can sacrifice your comfortability for the purpose of safety of others and yourself, huh. like yeah. I, I would think that's just common sense.
0: You would think, you would think it will not be a foreign subject for people, but right. Yeah. I think people just
1: like to be right... <laughs>
0: We have a few of those right fighters, right? I call them the right fighters who just want to get their point across. So, uh, is it what kind of can we talk about a little bit of the movie? Is it what kind of genre are we talking to here? Is it like a uh, it's surreal horror? Okay, so, so I'd say
1: it's it's based in horror, but it is definitely surrealist.
0: Okay, is it you always wanted to do like a horror movie, or is it something that was like an idea in your mind that just kind of projected?
1: I mean, I I also like those type of movies. Um, okay, just because I, they're very uncomfortable, and I like. Being in an audience and then watching the people viewing with me just get uncomfortable, and then they, they, they talk about it afterwards, and they it, like it doesn't let them go, because there yeah. are some horror films you can walk away from, and it's like, yeah, that was bloody and gory and gross, and ugh. But then there are other ones that people walk out of the theater, and they just they sit uncomfortably, yeah. on the drive home, or they sit awake sometimes at night just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I yep. wanted to try to do something similar to that. I think you and
0: uh Gaspar noah will fit perfect he does that he makes you feel uncomfortable watching and it's not so much of a horror movie I but it's very, very much want to meet this person um he did the movie irreversible where monica bellucci it, oh it, yes where yes it's yes very yes. uncomfortable to watch and it's very much a horror movie but it, you, nobody probably assigned it to a horror movie but it is um his last <laughs> movie he made was climax which everybody did this whole these dancers get together to rehearse a dance skit
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is wonderfully kale- kaleidoscope of dance mm-hmm. mixed in and then it becomes a horror movie at the end it's like fame meets scream
1: <laughs> oh it sounds like um <laughs> sounds like it's, it's uh, called
0: climax if you can find it
1: sounds similar to perfect blue or there was a witch film made by mm-hmm. an italian director i'm forgetting the name but there was a they went to a ballet academy yeah. And the colors that the DP used in that film were fantastic. His use of reds and blues and shadows. Italy it does fantastic. that, do not
0: they? They have wonderful color. Oh, yeah. I was actually,
1: I came across when I was walking down the Seine River uh, in Rome, I came across people making a movie and they were still using actual film. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah. That's kind of, it's, 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 it's bizarre. Because there's a young person too. It must have been some sort of experimental piece. Which is... I didn't know what they were saying, but I tried to help them. I just kind of block off traffic from the trail, but like...
0: Because you're, you're an expert at blocking off traffic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I'm the speed bump, basically. So when they hear the scream, they'll know, oh, we know <laughs> oh, how, they're, they're how to cut. Oh, there's that,
0: yeah. There's C D seed. He sells. Is, it, is, it okay if, is
1: it okay if I chew gum, by the way? I think so. Right. I think you were fine.
0: Cool. Um, no, but I think... If you if you're interested, like there's a lot of movies, and I always assign this theory. There's different kinds of movies. There's movies that are very memorable that you enjoy watching, and it has a memorable moments. And there are movies that are very unforgettable. You will never forget that you see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably want to participate in the unforgettable kind of points that if everybody saw your oh. movie, they would kind of yes, I remember I saw that movie.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the hope that's everybody's hope to some extent like stays but, with you
0: one way or the other it stays with you
1: i mean they want their art to be impactful yeah um i'm also by the way currently an executive producer on the curse of raven heights we're going to finish that film it's a feature film coming out it's a horror movie um mm-hmm. and that's going to be interesting we're going to get um let me
0: the curse of the raven heights so that is uh the curse
1: of raven heights that is blair smith and wesley johnson's baby
0: yeah so um it features a lot of people that we've a lot of good friends of the podcast so uh wes has been on the show uh we've had blair and we've had meg on the show we had blair on a couple times um and a lot of people that have been in the movie have been in that show too so like a lot of people that have been like when has been on the show um and Sally and Hunt's been other shows. So a lot yeah. of good f- people that have been on the show before have been in this movie. And and I think they've explained it previously that they filmed the first half of this movie already mm-hmm. and they're gonna go back for the second half pretty soon and being an executive producer of it. So what's what's kinda entails for you being on the executive producer of it?
1: Um money. <laughs> Lots of money and paperwork.
0: Oh, I don't like paperwork.
1: Nobody likes paperwork. Actually, know. that's why every UPM ever likes paperwork. <laughs> there are some
0: people that fairly really enjoy it, and I, I know they're the weird. and
1: but good news. we were are trying to get Tony Todd and or Bates Wilder on the film.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: So, and we're actually, it's looking like it might be fairly successful.
0: And this is, I know, and I want to emphasize, because I think if you want to look it up, Curse of the Raven Heights has a Twitter handle, it's yep. on Facebook, um, and it's a full feature film. It will be, yeah. It's a full feature film. When it's finished. Yeah. And it's a wonderful tackle, it's a wonderful hurdle uh, that Blair and I think Wes have taken on They're just jumped right into, let's make a full feature. It's and, their first
1: feature film. Yeah. How did
0: you go, come, to come, come across with Blair and Wes? How do you guys know each other? I worked on
1: their short films. Okay. In the past. And then I just grew close to them as time went by. Just
0: directed their traffic and where the parking lot was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I went up from because okay. it started out as PA, <laughs> and then to grip, and then to uh, I guess after filming my own thing, yeah. they liked how I was producing it. And so they're like, "How about you be an executive producer for this one?" Good. I'm like, okay, sure. Wonderful, wonderful.
0: All right, we're gonna take a little break. Uh, right. bo- both. Um, uh, we got a couple of promos coming here, and then back more with Zachary Liversey.
2: Every day, we're surrounded by media, books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not. You've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations About all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast. Created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing.
0: Well, hello, everyone. I am Billy Dees from the self titled Billy Dees Podcast. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and many more of the best podcast networks. Join me for my commentary and interviews. Follow me on Twitter, really easy to find at Billy Dees. I am Billy Dees. I'd love to have you listen in. Alright, we're back with uh, Zach uh
1: Liverseed. Liver, seed. Liver seed. That's hard. <laughs> it's I'm that's hard. It's hard. <laughs> just think se- just seeds, I guess. Okay. <laughs> seeds. We're back with seeds. Seeds and traffic is all I can remember from it. Uh
0: <laughs> who did you do the makeup for again? I think it was previous guests. Alita.
1: Yes, Alita Cortell
0: for your movie. Um, can we say the title of the movie, or is it yeah. tentative? Uh, it was,
1: oddly enough, it was a working title that just turned into the actual title. Okay. Uh, Teeth. It's something. So she is uh, one of the makeup artists that was that's on the film.
0: And so it's called Teeth and Lita. She's a previous guest, so if anybody wants to pause and look, uh, listen back, she's... A
1: wonderful human being. Yeah. Lovely, lovely person. Um, wonderful producer as well. Will and she...
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you but uh, oh, yeah. she did a lot of the makeup for the movie.
1: Um yeah, her Ben and Emmanuel all worked really hard on the makeup and it looks fairly fantastic. And as soon as we get to part 2 it'll look even better and I'm really excited for that.
0: Um is there's there's certain like, uh, I think they're doing full body?
1: Yes, there's several full body uh so there's I probably spent around $2000 on makeup and special effects and that involves several different costumes and prosthetics and um just a lot a lot of time <laughs> time, well, and time money. sculpting a lot of blood a lot of body paint a lot of um why am i forgetting gory stuff i don't know organs i don't know no it's the material oh, okay that we're using mm. Yeah, whatever. It's There's just a lot of different materials that we're using. But it's looking fantastic so yeah. far.
0: Um, I don't want to name the location, but you found the location to film this from your, <laughs> other, hop- your other interests?
1: Yeah. So it just, uh, well, kind of, um, it coincides with how I found it technically. Okay. Um, but we had a couple options, and that was one of them. And it took me about a month to contact the owner. And I'm not going to tell you where the building is no i don't want to do that but yeah but i mean if you if anybody wants to explore it i'm sure that i i can just give the owner's email inform or email to them okay. and they can just email him and ask him for, for permission yeah but yeah it's a very very large abandoned building uh um up north
0: and you're anywhere allowed to kind of yes. adjust it to make it for the movies you're allowed to get correct permission to kind of Yep, make it a film set and from work. both
1: the owners. Yep. Yeah, that's great.
0: Um, how long were you able to be in the building?
1: Uh, f- well, actually, c- including construction, um yeah. nine days.
0: Okay. Well, that's just pretty. Effi- I mean, that- well, actually,
1: eleven including including uh, scouting, uh, pre lighting, and just general, yeah, looking around, scouting, cleaning stuff.
0: All right. So it kind of fits the almost. Kind of it bit, fits the aesthetic completely. I would um, say exactly right, yeah, yeah. Are you going to I don't know if you're you going to put in exterior shots of it in the
1: movie? No. Either? Okay. Uh okay. for two reasons, uh there's no exterior shots in the film and then the other reason is that the owner doesn't want people to see the outside of the building because then they'll know exactly what it is or where it is and they'll yeah. because there was a case of arson, a lot of teenagers break into there and they smash stuff and uh, it's, they started the building on fire at one point, and that's just a hazard to the community around it. There's literally neighbors and families, yeah. streets away, but they don't care because they're young and stupid. But
0: are you gonna edit it, this film, yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm going to. Well, no. Um, uh, there's gonna be an editing team. Okay. And uh, I'm just gonna edit it for continuity, just for the sequencing. But
0: you're going to be probably in the room with the team and everything. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. During the during the VFX. Yes.
0: Okay. Do you like doing editing, or is that just kind of the? Uh, it's
1: it's a process. I mean, editing. I mean, what they call editing is like it's the final version of the film that's going to be released. You can completely remake a film in post. Yeah. And uh, it's honestly one of the most important aspects of a film is post. So it's oh, yeah. just it's... taking the time to get it right. Is key, and that's a lot of thing that I don't really like about, I think, the Minnesota film industry in general is that people seem so rushed all the time to make movies when they're making it, and it doesn't make any sense because there's no deadlines. There's no, uh, like, take your time to make something really good.
0: Yes, I agree, I agree, and there's certain things of It's oh, I, like yeah.
1: putting unnecessary pressure and putting making people work 18 to 30, 30 to 20 hours a day sometimes multiple days. It's just unnecessary. Like, we have time to plan it out accordingly. We have time to really, like, get everything down so that when we get to filming, yes, there can be a creative process, but, I mean, that's how I'm organizing my film. Um, And there will always be problems. You just need to find the correct people for the position, but... Right. I agree. You know, just you. make sure that you don't kill people, <laughs> like, working... That are trying to work on a movie with you, man. Like, you just need to watch out for the crew and the cast.
0: I think if I did, like, a movie, I would be like, all right, how many times have you tried this? Five times. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, Or le- even less. We are tried it three times, enough. Just
1: plan yeah. properly. Like, it's not difficult. It just takes a little bit of extra time, and it's extra time is always worth it. Because you don't have, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, most people here don't have, you know, $15 million budgets, and they're not necessarily pressed by their distribution channels to right, yeah. put something out sooner than later. Yeah. So.
0: So with your experience directing, um, yes, um is there anything you learned from directing that you didn't really learn from film school? <laughs> <did you? laughs>
1: yeah, a lot of it's, I think most film is actually learned via experience. Okay. I'd say about 80% of it is. You just go off to it dealing with people um, and managing Mm -hmm. people. I think basic managerial skills are necessary for a director and basic um, problem-solving skills. Yeah. And the ability to... You need to keep it calm all the time, at least to the best of your ability. You need to be uh, stern, but also loose with people at the same time in regards to what you want and how to tackle a vision. I like that. And you need to be... Again, they're your crew. It's your responsibility to protect them, at least in accordance to what you have created for the film. Because film sets are inherently dangerous places. It is your responsibility and or the AD's responsibility to assure, again, and I can't emphasize this enough because I've seen it so many times where safety has been lax and people have gotten hurt, be safe. I agree. I, there's the a Take the time of times where... to prepare for that.
0: People get so focused on getting what on the film, they forget that you know that maybe we should see if that's okay for. Hers, or yeah, is there another There's way we can do it? Always know? a way
1: to find what you're looking for. There's always a way.
0: Yeah. Are you gonna stick with movies, or do you want to do like other stuff?
1: Yeah. Uh... Um, I was gonna branch out into because I I draw on the side as well a bit. Um, but I kind of wanted to branch out into. I have a graphic novel idea that I'm currently. Working on, and I've talked to you about it. It's been oh, yeah, quite the process. But yeah, um, as soon as the, as the film still starts wrapping, I'll focus more heavily on it. But yeah, I think graphic novels have always interested me. Like, I'm a big fan of comics and graphic novels.
0: And a lot of people, you know, I, I stick with comic books and I talk about movies, but I think it's just almost the same thing. It's a very visual, heavy media. oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, there's way more freedom too when you're drawing, uh, as opposed to live action. Just because the the world is basically set at the tip of your pencil. Well, I think I can
0: share now that I'm working on a, a script with Wes Johnson. Did, oh yeah, and we're putting it into a comic book. And he 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 wrote as he was writing the script, he got a he messed me a little chucker He goes, you know, I I I forgot the freedom I have writing this comic book because I said, what do we do with this building? And I was like, I realized, oh, it's a comic book. I just blow it up.
1: <laughs>
0: right yeah if you want why are you speaking midlands you want a whole city gone you know sure it's a yeah. comic book or a whole world go ahead so there's a little more freedom when you're doing a comic book than a movie a movie you have to think about places and you know really limitations but um, which is fine yeah
1: this is so medium
0: and the other thing i always talk about the difference between comic books and movies is comic books you don't really have the time involved which you can hold the scene. You really have to emphasize the drama. Sometimes it gets over-exaggerated because you don't have a lot of time to really hold somebody breaking down. It's kind of chopped up, and not to mention you have no sound. You really can't play a hook, you know. Bump, you know, Silence
1: is sound in comic books.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so you can't have the vaudeville singing of Indiana Jones swinging out from the vine coming into the rescue in the comic books.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> have them purchase, like, a downloadable... Soundtrack for the comic <laughs> as they read it.
0: They used to do that as a kid, and I think they can still. I mean, people do Probably that online actually. Yeah, I people online that. put the audio and the voiceover over comic books, which are wonderful. But it used to be as a kid, you buy a record. Sometimes you put it on a record and the sound effects, and you
1: listen to the record and read the comic book. It's such an amazing way to do it. I honestly, especially because there's a growing voice acting community. Yeah, especially in Minnesota, um, that'd be a very good way. To kind of, instead of just like, because animation's really difficult to do. And I don't know many people in Minneapolis or something. And it's a lot of time, especially if
0: you're by yourself. Or yeah. Like, even if you have a crew of three, it's still a lot of time to work on
1: it. So just voiceovers for comic books or graphic novels, if people want to get working on them, absolutely. Get started. It's a yeah. wonderful thing. And that's a good way to advertise your product as well. Like, yeah. people are visual creatures. And if they have something read to them, I mean, they can watch it kind of like a movie, you know? Yeah,
2: right, yes There you go Yeah
0: um, Before you made the movie Did you think about sound with teeth? Or not really? Oh, sound
1: is a huge aspect of it It's going to be It's Sound is 50% of a film yeah. Especially a horror film Sound needs to be right So we're ADRing You can't a have a clown it.
0: horn When, you know Michael Myers is stabbing somebody Or something like that you Or need...
1: you can It just depends on what you're going for
0: <laughs> right. You're right You're right, you're right Yeah but sorry to interrupt. Sound. No, yes. it's
1: yeah. No, sound is. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining that now. And it's so <laughs> it's, uh, it's,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I was watching a YouTube video a couple of days ago. So it was Michael Myers. Uh, somebody intentionally somebody with, making the round sound, emphasizing how important sound is in movies. And he just inserting the wrong sound bit into me. so <laughs> like michael myers stabbing on you and it's a clown horn. see i told you sound is much more important in movies than you really think you know
1: oh absolutely yeah. especially in horror like it builds tension it's uh and it conveys i think silence also is a huge people underestimate how much how impactful silence is in a film and in just a medium in general
0: well, they did Especially that. I mean, in contrast with uh, when they did Doctor Sleep, and all of a sudden you have a lot of noise, a lot of noise, and then all of a sudden he goes back to the hotel and you have nothing, and it's complete silence. And then you know that, oh boy, that it builds it up right from having no sound. Where you have a lot of sound before that,
1: or it's yeah. just relaxing too. Like if you it goes from high tension, high stakes to silence, slow, and it kind of gives the audience of room to breathe. And a lot of times, yeah. I, th- th- I think the best example as I can think of is in Mad Max, after that gigantic, the newest one, Fury Road. The Fury Road, right. Uh, when they were going through the tornado, and that finished, and that whole ordeal, as hectic as it was, was over. And I remember Max slowly climbing out of the sand. It was probably like a 15-second scene that seemed like it was five minutes long. But it just gave the audience room to breathe after such hectic. Sc- I mean, that's all sound, by the way, uh, and the pacing yeah. of the scene. And they, they play a part in aiding each other.
0: Did you so, were able to see that in a theater?
1: Oh, yeah, like three times. It was incredible. I love Mad Max Fury Road.
0: I was an advocate for it, and I was telling people, don't wait to rent it. It's not going to have the punch. I don't no, think, it doesn't. And if you see it in, in a rent, you're like, I don't get it. But if you went to a the theater, you'd be like, wow. That Especially
1: is IMAX 3D. It yeah. was incredible. Like you, every time I... Car engine revved, like you'd feel it in the seat. Like that was something else. As Same a thing with Fury, right? the tank with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, the, seen the, that? Uh,
0: the Fury. The uh, Fury. Fury, sorry. Yeah. yeah.
1: That also was an amazing experience in theaters.
0: Yeah. So it's some things like I think you talk about that there's some things that you just have to see in a the theater that just, before you see it as a rental at home, that just. Yeah. Because one of the Mad Max just popped in my brain that I tell people, you got to go see it in a theater because if you just see it as a rental, you're not going to understand. It's not and, the same.
1: Yes, it's not the Unless same. Unless you have a home theater.
0: <laughs> Which we don't have. <laughs> well, I some should. people I do.
1: I These should. projectors are pretty cheap now. I had one in my apartment for the longest time. 720p, yeah. though. So it wasn't that high quality. But still surround sound projector. and That's kind of what a movie theater is. You can't play it too loud because, you know, you have neighbors. So... <laughs> Tanks going off at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's generally upsetting to people that want to sleep. But yeah.
0: they know you. They know what's up when you, have, you, you live next <laughs> to you. Um, one, one of my last mo- uh, questions for you is, since you like urban exploring and you yes. like horror movies, how much of a fan are you of Descent?
1: The Descent? Yeah. The one with the caves? Yeah. Oh, it's a, it a... Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't believe in ghosts or... Monsters or anything, um, but the claustrophobic nature of that film—that yes. was the scariest part of that entire movie. The monsters being in there was just to give them motivation to like run around and get even more cramped in areas. But the idea yeah. of a broken limb inside of a cave that you have to squeeze through, like that—that's a real fear that runs through my mind when I'm exploring some of these places.
0: It's one of the uh, one of the movies that my wife was never able to finish and she did like a third end when they get to the, when they just have to crawl there. And my wife is like, no, we're done. I can't do that. It's just the claustrophobia, right? The, yeah. And I still think about that movie and it's been years since I thought I've seen it and it's just one of those that it's unforgettable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it did its job. It I worked agree. really well. Yeah. Like it was genuinely uncomfortable to sit through. <laughs> yeah. Not because of the monsters or the blood or the guts, just the, cave itself. It's the it's,
0: entire event of not being comfortable at all. Yeah. And not knowing where you're going and same then. thing with
1: Alien, that's what they did with space. Just claustrophobic. Yeah. Inside of the spaceship and the void of space on the outside.
0: I have to mention it because I was on your film set and uh during lunch we talked about aliens and i thought and i had to do it for another podcast being a guest we had to talk about the movie alien mm-hmm. and i go what a great way to do a beginning of the movie where you have no audio really but you have such an awesome set what are you going to do with the first part of the movie you're going to show off the awesome set you're just going to move <laughs> the camera like it's on a, on wheels and just this is the hallway look how great this is look at the hallway and then you cut and like oh yeah they're sleeping we can't interrupt them but look at check out this and then they a little bit of sound of the computers running, and you get that isolation that there's really nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was wonderfully done. And then Alien 2 kind of took an action, or Aliens, excuse me.
0: Yeah, let's pump it up a thousand times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was still scary, but it wasn't the same. It was cool for a different reason.
0: Yeah, different different animal, right? But it's definitely amplified. Yes. Let's jack it up. Let's put some steroids in there and just pump it up and go
1: Actually, no. yeah we don't speak of two and or excuse me three and four <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist no such thing
0: okay. well zach i have to say thanks for coming man
1: yeah absolutely thank you for having me
0: um before you go do you have a little bit i know you, you just talked about there you're not sticking to a rigorous schedule of getting your film done and you're going to do it the right well, no, um, do you have any, any uh, like a general area of anticipation when you will be able to see it
1: quick thing about that we are sticking to a rigorous schedule we're just okay. taking the time that it needs to get done properly. thanks for clarifying thank you yeah so we don't yeah because i know people are busy especially and it's also very dangerous to kind of be filming right now so i agree taking every precaution we can to assure that everybody's safe is key um but in terms of I would give it, uh, depending on the editing process, which I'm going to estimate, it's probably going to be four months to five months of...
0: So somewhere around just, next spring? When we, or uh, depending on when
1: we, when we film part two. We hit some hiccups, um, so we might not be filming until next spring. I see. But it could be another year or two. It's going to be... It's not, by the way, like a 10-minute short film. It's going to be like a 25 to 30-minute sh- short film. Thanks. Or kind thanks. of featurette. Okay. All right. So it's not... It's not necessarily super small, and the reason why it's as big as it is is because we're having to build sets. Yeah, and that's a time-consuming process. We're having to build a lot of, you know, uh, creatures. We're having to, so it's just a, it's a long process. Well, good, good,
0: all right. Uh, Zach, as you know, it's not over to
1: the guest says it's over. That's fair. Um, and with that, I guess it's over. There we go.